And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. This is the only podcast dedicated to Super Cooper's Green and White Army, to Sarah Beanie's Pink and Black Army, your table-topping, plastic pitch-pinching, eight-in-a-rowing, goal-scoring, ref-baiting, worthy at Worthing, Super Joe Day in goaling, Morgan in the 98-minute-ing, have that on your chipping seagull, botherer-smashing, mighty glovers! I'm Ben, wow. you guessed that by now. Dave's here, say hello, Dave. I-, I don't know if I've got any words left after that, but that was uh, that was something else, mate. Well done. I was happy with that as a first take, to be honest with you. I was worried I was going to have to edit and go back again. But that, that, genuinely, that genuinely was a first take. Although I do have to say, Ben, don't you feel, with all the W's going around this weekend, that you and I are alphabetically misaligned with the Oval Town at the moment? Not a single W in there. O. Eight. No, have you got? A, it's not David, is it? It's definitely David. No, 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 definitely David. Yeah. We need a what w we name. need? We need someone whose name has got a W in it. Do you know anyone? I think we do. I think we do. Welcome back to the Glovers Cast. Umpteenth appearance. Elliot Watts. What's the Good name? evening? And I'm just going to leave this because I can't beat Ben's opening. To be honest, I, nothing I, I say fine. is going to be better. We can tell what Ben, what job you do for a living, Ben. Very good. That was you that could was... you could see that was that was a very well. He's done that more than once, hasn't he? His eyes, his eyes were moving like the clappers as he was reading all of that out. That it, does was... help. it does help having a um a teleprompter app on my phone. Yeah, that <laughs> does help. You're just glad help. not to be talking about Frankie Dettori for once this weekend, I imagine. Sick of that guy. Yeah. Um, lads, you were both at Worthing for a win that I think we're going to talk quite a lot of. We're obviously going to look ahead to Tuesday and what it means. And I just want to start by saying that it was a very strange day for me yesterday because I had, for the first time in maybe years, no idea of the final score. As I was was thinking about my day, I knew we were 1-0 up. I had it on my phone. But at 4 o'clock, I was out the office and I was into stupidly busy dad mode. So I had no idea they'd equalised. And then I had no idea that we'd won it until <sighs> quite late on, quite late on in the evening. And that, let me tell you, scrolling through that on WhatsApp, that's a rush. Scrolling <laughs> on red messages and the, how are we not 2-0 up? How have we done this? We need a second goal here. Oh, it's never a pen. Oh, they've scored it. Oh, yeah. Literally, that noise was the last 10 minutes of that game. Um, the absolute chaos. We're, we're a chaotic team, and that's brilliant at the moment. So, listen, I can ask you questions, but you you guys were there. You guys did the trips from wherever you were in this godforsaken country. You were there. And I kind of want to do it a little bit chronologically, but try and organise some of that chaos, because I've just spent the last 24 hours just looking through clips and pieces and trying to figure out where everything goes in the day. 
So let's start at the beginning. How were your journeys? Dave, longer than what? So you can open this, but how were you, how was your journey down? Were you okay? Journey was okay. There was definitely some aquaplaning going on on the uh, on the on the M6, not by me, but um, there were there were quite a few um, slidey bits, and the uh, and Google Maps took me through. Um, it, it seemed like past millionaires' houses, multiple millionaires' houses. I think I went past, but um, but I got there. Six hours it took, which was longer than I'd planned, to be honest with you, but. The South Coast is a long way from the northwest of England. That's all I'll say. Did you go through Chichester? Was that where the houses were? No, this was like Dorking and round there, Leatherhead, places like that. I came round London and then I, then I kind of cut through. But yeah, there was there was some money round there, I tell you. When what you can't it? see someone's front door because there's a drive, security gates and all the kind of that, you know. It wasn't until the way home yesterday, and I never went there when we were in the National League, that I learnt where Dorking even is. Yeah. Yeah. One and, of those uh, places and... that I didn't really know was a place, no. like Port Vale. Like Port Vale's not a place. No. I didn't no, know it's Dorking not. fell into that <laughs> kind of a thing. No, it's an actual place. It yeah. is on the map. It was on the road signs, but I never realised what sort of location it might possibly be in until yesterday. Yeah. There you go. Um, Watsy, how was your trip across? Yeah, got the half eight from Yeovil Junction. Uh, it was still like three and a quarter hours, something like that, to get there. Went to Salisbury and then down from there. Um, and quite a few beers were drank oh. amongst the Yeovil fans on the train. Oh. It was um quite train funny beers. actually. Like the train was getting busier and busier with Yeovil fans the closer we got, and it was like, God, there's a quite a few Yeovil shirts on this train actually, isn't there? And um. Yeah, it was quite a turnout from the Oval fans yesterday, actually. And I don't think we've got an official number of I'm that gonna, I was, My very next question, I haven't seen the number. Do we know? Would you put a guess on it? I would say between four and five, maybe, Dave. Nice. Uh, I, I'd say maybe north of five. But yeah. it's difficult to tell, isn't it? Because it kind of like turned it turned a bit of a corner, did it? But maybe five. Maybe five. Have we got the overall was... attendance? How many was there overall? 1,800. So what? You reckon we've made a third of it, maybe? It will take, yeah. A third of it, that feels about right? Yeah, definitely. There was um, some things on their social media pages, people replying saying there was like 600. I'm not quite sure of that. I don't know. Be cool if we could get an official figure. But yeah, I must say pretty good hospitality from them as well in the sense of we're pretty well treated there. Um, No bother in the ground. And the bar was pretty well stocked for... A fairly rowdy Yeovil support, I must say. Like, it was pretty quick to get a drink if you wanted any food. It was rapid. Um, Yeah, all round. Not a bad trip to a non-league dr- ground. Nice. Good. 1874, um, to be precise, was the overall attendance. So look at about a third, maybe just under a third. Yeah. That That's cracking. That's absolutely fantastic yet again. And we were rewarded pretty quickly. In front of, well, kind of in front of that fans, uh, those fans, with a really early goal. We're not going to need to sort of do team news because it's unchanged again. Um, but it was a slightly different. I get the impression it was a slightly different tactical setup in the way we got going. But that early goal, I mean, how many times have we said this on the on the podcast? Get at them early, get your foot in the door, and then it's it's a different game. And what did you make of the early goal, Dave? How did, how did it all come about those early few moments? I was going to say, the funny thing was, we didn't get at them early. In fact, they had, I think they had 
basically all the play up until the moment that we scored. I think that the moment that we scored was really probably our first attack. I mean, don't get me the this was probably the uh the case of certainly the first half. Mate, they they came into it more in the second, but they had a lot of possession, but didn't really threaten us. I mean, I don't think Joe Day had anything to do particularly in the in the first half and certainly in the first eight minutes um didn't but they had a lot of the ball but then um I think it was uh Will Dawes set Reese Murphy away down the left. Uh you can see it on the HP source or on our reels recap on, on Instagram. Uh but uh he has a shot because as Reese Murphy does he's never gonna um just play it in does he? Keeper can't hold it, parries it out and who's there? Matt Worthington. I say who's there as if it's obvious, but it certainly wasn't, was it? I don't think Matt Worthington's the first person you would expect to be there, but he was absolutely man in the right place. And goals is what we've always said we wanted from Matt Worthington as well as everything else that he does. And that's his first. So first of several, hopefully. Yeah, it was um it was a bit of a funny half of football, really, wasn't it? Because Yes, we did score. We had some chances, but it was one of those sort of like nothing halves where you don't feel threatened. Um, they didn't do much up top. Like they never really got near us. Didn't feel threatened at all. Every time they got the ball towards the box, either Joe Day had his hands on it or one of our defenders had picked it up, turned around, taken the ball away again. It was a bit of... um. I wouldn't say it was like the football we were seeing maybe seven, eight weeks ago where it was a little bit boring and it was a little bit, we were on the back foot quite a lot and letting the teams have the possession. When we had the ball, you thought we could do something with it. And um, you say about Reese Murphy's shot there, Dave. I thought Reese Murphy played really well yesterday for yeah, not yeah. getting a goal. He just absolutely terrorised him. And the where he's coming up in levels throughout the season so far, he's doing so much more work either off the ball or with the ball but not scoring goals this year, that he's just head and shoulders above the other teams. That's kind of what we wanted when we signed him, on it? That was what we were thinking. Yeah, he's going to get X number of tap-ins and yeah, he's going to get X number of goals like he scored against a couple of teams he's already had. But actually, he's got that brain, hasn't he? The brain that will allow him to drop and let someone like Young or Worthington or whoever come from midfield and and go on forward. That's that's what we wanted. That's what you're buying with Reese Murphy, not just the the absolute goal merchant from 12 yards out. You're, you're buying all the rest of it too. He looks fitter and stronger as well. I think he does look like he can run. run. I think this management of him is probably paying off as well because you're getting 60 solid minutes out of him rather than slugging him to 90. And I think we probably saw before he would dip off after about 70 minutes or so. You, he, you, We know, he knows that he ain't going to get much more than 60 minutes. So put it all into that and then come off for a rest until Tuesday night. It, yeah, I think he's just coming up that, coming up a level that I didn't really know if he had in him or not. So it's really good to see. But you could definitely tell their defence didn't like him being there, did they? They were constantly <laughs> trying to watch him. And they were, um, they were, as Mark Cooper had said before, and they were playing it around. You know, the goalkeeper was involved and there was a little, there was definitely some risk taken at the back. And you just thought to yourself, Reese Murphy and Jordan Young, the kind of, you know, nip in and get the ball kind of players, aren't they? Reese Murphy particularly. But, um, and there were a few occasions where that, where that happened. I don't know what your view, what was of the, uh, I mean, I thought that was a penalty. I've got green tinted glasses, but you can see it on the um on the on the highlights. Murphy does exactly that. Nicks the ball off him, gets through, um, 
the bloke from what I can see wrestles him to the ground. And I know Murphy's got a reputation for going down a bit easy, and he did do that and on at least one occasion yesterday. But um, for me, it was a penalty. But yeah, well, I'm sure we'll come on to the referee. Stonewalled, didn't it? It looked absolutely stonewalled. It didn't yeah, look like one a at dive. the end of the penalty. Then yeah. <laughs> That's He's right. had his legs taken away from him. Yeah. yeah. The the highlights certainly look like a penalty. There's there's no way around it. He is wrestled to the floor, really. Um the official highlights, I don't know if you've seen from the camera angle highlights, they look pretty convincing, possibly more so than some of the others. But yeah, feels like feels like we got um got unlucky with that one, not for the first time. Um should we should we cover off the the moany bits, the referee and the pitchy bits. Should we cover that off? Do that now. How was the ref? Was he a bit rubbish? Awful. <laughs> I mean, if you, if anybody, um, and I would say anybody over the age of eighteen wants to find out about the referee, just go on to Hewish Hugh on X, formerly Twitter. Um, and yeah, as long as you're not offended by the use of some agricultural language, then you will find out what the referee was like. Dave, that's two away games in a row as well, where we've had. Dinkers of home refs. Which one was worse? I don't know, actually. That could be a question I've not checked. We'll get to the end and see. Um, he was as bad as the Hampton ref, I would say. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing that really got me was, and it was towards the end of the, the game because Zach Bell was on, was he, and, and this is exactly the complaint I made about that guy at Hampton, was that he booked Zach Bell for time-wasting and now Zach Bell could not have had that ball for more than seven or eight seconds. And yeah. I don't know what the what the number is. Seven or eight seconds. He books him for time wasting. Throws the ball up. I think it goes to Jordan Young. Gets absolutely clogged by, yeah. by their player. Does absolutely nothing. Nothing. And this is this is and I said the same about the previous ref at Hampton. They're more, more fixated on these ridiculous rules that they're getting in about length of time of play and you know player welfare getting kicked up in the air has got uh, they're, they're not bothered about it and the re- the reason for it is though is we're in a league with pretty poor refs who are all looking to get promoted aren't they if they get those tick boxes right they get the amount of stoppage time right they get their time wasting rule right and all the other stupid rules that the fa come up with on a weekly basis that they can't keep track of they're going to get promoted so they they're not looking at the fouls nine times out of ten. They're given the easy ones, but they're so worried about just being by the book that it's just getting just ruins the game. Absolutely ruins it. If a player can't keep the ball in his hands for ten seconds to take a throw in, like what is wrong with the game? Game's gone, Ben. Game's gone. Um, okay. Um pitch then. A uh, bit bobbly. We I mean the goal itself. On another day, you expect the goalkeeper to possibly swallow that up. The first goal, saw Joe Day had one in the second half where he kind of spills one because it skids off and bobbles and whatever else it is. Pitch was a bit rubbish. How was it compared to the other plastic ones you've seen, Dave? Um, I mean, I'm probably not the right person to ask, am I? Because I don't really uh, notice these kind of things. I mean, I didn't think it was awful. I didn't think it was any worse than Haven or... Uh, uh, Hemmels is the worst one that I've seen, mostly because, it, as I said at the time, it's floats in about nine different places at Hemel Hempstead. But, but that one, yeah, there were a few bits. But the thing that I noticed more than anything is how quickly the ball goes, particularly probably more so at the start of the game when it was wet than when it was um, when it dried out in the second half. But, um, but yeah, there are a few over it passes. But 
I, I don't know if we're allowed. Well, um, if if we can even have this as a rule anymore, because we've won a game on it now, can we? So it's well, not even a thing, is it? It is didn't. It, it didn't stand out as classic pitch, did it? No, didn't, we didn't play football any different on it than we have before. Maybe we went into it with a bit of a better mindset. We've been on a good run of games, to be fair. So we're in that mentality that the pitch wasn't going to stop us. And it wasn't like that utter shambles we saw at the start of the Haven game a couple of months back now. No. Um, it was totally different, sort of just a, just a normal pitch and a normal game of football. And there's nothing to write home about the pitch whatsoever, I don't think. Then let's not give it any more airtime. Let's move on to the second half. And the game was, from what I can read and from what I can tell, again, a bit more of pottering along. Um, I guess my next question is, where do we think Worthing sit in terms of teams we've played this season? Because my gut instinct and some of the chat before was, this is a good team. A good team at home who will be expecting to be playoff bound yet again. Compared to what we've seen so far, lads, where do you think this Worthing team are? Go on, Wessie. Sorry, shaking your They head. didn't look better than mid-table, I really? would say. And that, that could end up with egg on my face at the end of the season. They didn't look better than mid-table yesterday, apart from the ref giving a crap penalty. They didn't really threaten us in front of goal, to be honest, and never looked like anything would come for them. Um, they didn't stand out as being head and shoulders above. I think the only thing was... We had quite a lot of chances in the second half. There might have been shots from range or things that rebounded off people, gone wide a little bit. You take one of those chances as 2-3-0 by the end of the game and we sort of come home happy and say, Worthing are a mid-table team. Scoreline obviously maybe doesn't quite reflect that, us needing last-minute winner, but I didn't think they were nearly as good as I expected them to be. I think you were saying before about um, earlier in the season that... It was boring in some ways watching watching Yeovil. I mean, I think that if you'd come yesterday and you perhaps hadn't seen some, um, or maybe if you had seen the more recent games, some of the home games perhaps where we've been sort of blowing teams away, that yesterday was not that kind of performance whatsoever. But rather than boring, I'd say it was probably controlled in as much as we always looked like we were in control, even with them having the ball for a great deal of the game. I think um, we always looked like we were, we were in control of it. And that continued in the second half. I think they came out and they had a bit of a, had a bit of a go at us to start with, but again, not, not a great deal. And up in, up until the, if, when I was, I was writing the match report as I was going through and you were saying there about chance, I think Jordan Young had a couple that he put wide or over. Um, I think Jordan Stevens, when he came on, had a chance to got, um, got blocked away. And I wrote in my match report, we could really do with a second goal here because one, there was a dangerous score. Um, and uh, <laughs> that proved to be the case. But I, I, I did think that that, yeah, that was going to cost us. And I think um, if it if it hadn't been for that 97th, 98th minute uh, winner, we'd have been talking about the chances we've missed a great deal more than we probably are going to. I think what reflects differently, though, to the start of the season is, yeah, you might trundle along for 20, 30 minutes, but we were getting chances. We were good on the ball, but we had such a solid defence. I mean, Jake Wannell yesterday was phenomenal. Absolutely electric at the back. He won everything in the air. But what stands out about Jake Wannell in his Another one, a little bit like Murphy coming on each week. And I think Worthington shown that similarly as well. Um, Waddle's so good with the ball at his feet as well. He's like, 
he's not the kind of centre back that I thought he was going to be. I all for a centre back who lumps the ball sixty yards up the pitch. That's a bit of me to be honest. But he chests it down. He runs twenty yards. He gets the ball off. He can loop one across the pitch. He was just he just won everything in the air yesterday. And that defence really starting to gel now with Joe Day behind them. They're just shining every week, and you don't feel nearly as threatened now. Do you um, think that Michael Smith goes to bed at night dreaming of being Jake Wannell? No. I think he probably does, doesn't he? No. <laughs> Jake Jake Wannell's got Michael Smith as his idol, I'd say. I wasn't going to mention Michael Smith either. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay, penalty. I've seen and, and this was to, to exactly what 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 she said there. There's one man that did not deserve to be the villain, as it looked like he could have been. It was Jay Wannell. So I've seen I've seen the clip, and I'm not really sure. No. I think the fella who is quote fouled comes from the blind side of Jake Wannell, and I'm not sure Jake Wannell knows he's there, but. Jake Wannell's arm is high. Now, I think he's just being used for leverage. And I wonder if the striker's been a bit clever there and just kind of hit the elbow and hit the deck. What did we think immediately? What have you thought now that you've seen it? It's soft, and that. It's so soft. I thought it was soft at the time, but it, and and but again, with referees. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna try these things, aren't we? That's why Reese Murphy throws himself on the ground. Um on numerous occasions because you will you will get those kind of decisions and that's exactly what happened there. So I didn't even think they were really even looking for it to be honest. There wasn't a massive appeal for a no, penalty. No, 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 not an what appeal. No, well, the ref gave it straight away, didn't he? Straight away. And Mad. it didn't look that obvious that it was a give it straight away kind of decision. No. Absolutely mental. Yeah. Frustrating. I, I, I missed a point earlier about the um about the Reese Murphy penalty shout early in the first half, you know the referee knows he's made a mistake because Murphy gives him an absolute earful, mm. which is a booking all day long in today's new crazy world, and he doesn't book him. No. He doesn't book him, and he, I think that's him saying, I know I've made an absolute howler there, but I can't go back on myself because I've given it, so I'm not going to... I'm just going to quietly scutter away. So, yeah, it, it, soft is the word... But if that was if my if the foot was on if the shoe was on the other foot and it was our you you take him, of course you would. You take him all day long. Um, Thrashes at home. Joe doesn't doesn't stand a chance. Takes a ballsy goalkeeper to stand still with one of them. Fine. Um, It's the reaction I want to talk about because it's something I've seen on a couple of social medias, and we don't win that game last season. We might even lose that that season before that. We might even lose that game. Yeah. And as much as their lad was running into the goal to pick the ball up, so was Morgan Williams. There's that sense of, all right, then we'll get on with it. The next 10 minutes of football is interesting. I think I was pretty confident someone was coming away as a winner, okay. but I couldn't confidently tell you who was coming away as the winner for, for the first two or three minutes after their goal. It looked like they could win it. <laughs> they sort of got the ball up the pitch more. They had a they had a little bit of chances and it thought I sort of thought, hmm, don't know about this. I'm not quite sure where it's gonna go. But then Bell comes on after the goal, doesn't he? And 
it's sort of from that throw where it launches the throw into the box that we sort of we've got the ball up the pitch then there's not too much coming back in our direction and Michael Smith comes off which is a concern for Tuesday night that I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute um Michael Smith comes off and JMD comes on um what do you reckon he was on the pitch for a couple of minutes maybe Dave oh yeah a couple of minutes yeah couple of minutes um and I still sort of three four minutes ago thought someone's winning this game I really did think that um and we get the free kick on the edge of the box who who better to have on the pitch at that point to to deliver the perfect um ball ball into the box and I think I think it was you Ben said it the other week that Jordan Maguire has still got a big big role barely been on the pitch um since that um haven't game has he but he's still got a big part to play in this season and um i mean that was a big part that he played there left foot is stepping up for an in swinger as well it had the it has the feeling of from outside again looking in looking back on it now of um so uh, michael smith comes off yeah right who are the options left on the bench at that point views um, so JMD. Uh, is it Sonny? And Sonny. Yeah, Sonny was on as well. So yeah, he could right. have brought Sonny on and made probably the same change, couldn't he? Zach Bell to the right side of the defence and put Sonny in where he's going to put JMD. But there's just a part of me that thinks, I wonder if he thought a set piece might still nick it. Wonder if he thought that's how this is going to go. There might be a corner. There might be a free kick. There might be a moment where you need a pinpoint dead ball because to be on the pitch for three or four minutes and get that spot on first time round, it's, it's ridiculous to be within that level of accuracy at that point with all the drama that's happened. I, after not, not kicking a ball coming on cold. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Great that's header true. as well. Holds off the defender. It's trying to get at him and perfect. How the ball just hung there. It yeah. just hung there perfectly. All Morgan Williams had to do was hit it. He just had to get his head on it and it was going into the net because of the position he was in. It was a quality header, but that ball was just, that ball was effectively the goal. Like it just yeah. made the goal. And do you know what? I feel pretty happy for JMD because. He's been in and out of the team. Can't get start at the moment. And to be honest, you can see why not, because we're absolutely flying. But to then come on and sort of play that kind of role where he puts the ball in, in-swinger, left foot, just perfect man at the perfect time, really, to, to create that goal. And yeah. you can tell at the end, because when he scores it, there's a number of people that are going to Morgan Williams. But actually, there's three or four players that are straight to JMD because they know how important that delivery is. And again in times gone by you'd have had so little confidence that that would have ended up going in the right direction and then meeting the header and for it to go in just feels surreal feels a bit different feels a bit like something's occurring and nobody wants to get too excited about it but let's let's discuss let's discuss i'm just gonna say if if they're if they're again if We've spoken about Jake one and quite rightly. Morgan William, as we stand here at half past eight on a Sunday evening, is uh, uh, got forty one percent of the man of the match um, 
voting on our website, closely followed by Jake Wannell, who's got 28%. So uh, I think the two of them together, I don't know what is that like, four or five games they played together in a row now, are quickly becoming, we've spoken quite rightly about Joe Day, Michael Smith, Reese Murphy, all these players that are important. That partnership of Wannell and, and, and Williams, again, I think is huge for us at the moment and will be huge for us as long as it carries on like that. I'm so happy to see Morgan Williams playing at centre-back, where he should be. He's been so wasted at full-back for so long. that, And he's done a job there, don't get me wrong, but he just stands out at centre-back. It's like Mark Cooper just thought one day, I've got another centre-back that I can use. And he's been here for, what, three years now, and we're going to use him in his right position. Yeah, really pleased to see him play there because I think he's so good there. Great in the air. And just, he's got that bit of experience now where he knows what he's doing. And he said after the game when he was speaking to Sheridan about he's been here, it's been three years since he's probably played at the back, probably when he first came in on loan from from when he was at Coventry, he he played there, didn't he? But as you say, he's been used everywhere else because he's pretty good everywhere else as well, isn't he? But We've barely mentioned for a month now, they're keeping the captain out. (laughs) He can't get a game. Yeah. can't get a game. Because... Must have picked pitch yesterday, but... Obviously, yeah. yeah. Yesterday, was it would have been those two anyway yesterday, but they're coming into it with such good form. It's incredible. Um, we've got quite a lot to get to get into because we still need to talk Weymouth and we still need to talk GCQs and stuff. Um, limbs. Talk to me about some limbs. Final minutes. End of the game. Final whistle because I see that final corner comes in. The goalkeeper thinks about coming up. Can't be bothered. Gets out. <laughs> gives up. And then ball goes out, final whistle. Everyone's in the right place at the right time. Tell me about those couple of minutes, lads. Scenes. Scenes. Just absolute scenes. I expect, Dave, I expect you probably might have had a better view of it from your side because you're on the side of the pitch, weren't you? There's just arms, legs everywhere and that pints everywhere in that way. And when that winner went in. How much was a pint, by the way? Five pound. Right. And how much went up in the air? A lot. Yeah. I mean, maybe it, I've been... there, there was at least a few hundred quid going up in the air there, I think. But, yeah. Maybe I've been up north too long, but that's a lot of cash to be second <laughs> away. Yeah. I just, yeah, it was, it going back to what you said a minute ago, it feels absolutely surreal to think we're going to score goals in this game. Like we're going to score one early, we're going to score one late. But to just see us doing it week in, week out is like, just moments like that is what us as the fans have been waiting for. Dave, how did it look for you? For a decade. <laughs> Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, for a decade. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Exactly. Reminding you why you love football. Um, uh, well, put it this way, and as you say, it did have a great view of the um of the of the away. I was kind of um looking towards the um towards a bit, but I did get to turn around and see several people picking themselves up off the ground. So it was um it was a good one. But at you know, seconds before that JMD, whilst he was lining up to take that ball, and I was questioning, was this really worth it? Was this really worth me driving six hours down the motorway? In an instant, worth every single um, aquaplaning vehicle in front of me. So, yeah, it was. It was, oh, that, that's why we go. That's the, that's why we do these ridiculous trips, isn't it? For moments like that. And that was, um, yeah, that was a moment. And I think, again, Ben, you said on Thursday night, get a result at Worthing 
and that's one we might look back on in May and say if we are we have done something good come the end of the season it's those moments with other ones that that got us there and I think yeah can't underestimate that full-time whistle was special as well yeah. wasn't it yesterday yeah that was special down in the corner of the because they, they after they'd scored, after sorry, after we'd scored, they had a they had a free kick, which again was never a free kick. So I was giving yeah, I, I do apologize to anybody, including Reese <laughs> Murphy's kids who were sat on these they seem to have it looked like they brought their own chairs or these there were just these few like almost like you know, the chairs you sat on in school assembly. They were like that, just at the side of the pitch. Reese Murphy's kid I use some fairly colourful language. Um uh, to, uh, to describe the referee on a couple of occasions. So um, I do apologise for that. But the, 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 the sweetest thing was hearing the... You know, my, my voice is far from Barry White, I have to say, but that was the highest pitched home end I've ever heard in my life. There was It was it was a little bit like some kind of kids' um, carol concert or something at one point where they were, where they were going. But to see that full silent, you know, I, I don't, want to, uh, don't want to upset the kids, but there were... There would have been tears before bedtime in Worthing, I think. That was our third away win in a row. Western Supermare, Hampton and Richmond, Worthing. Our next away game is Torquay United. <laughs> and I know I don't want to, no one's getting ahead of themselves, and that's down the down the line, and we'll do that podcast when it comes around. But that stuck in my head of we're gonna go two plain more with three away wins in the bank. Yeah, there's other football to come in between then. Three more home games, six more points and a place in the FA Cup to still be sorted. But I do look at that away little group there and go, oh, geez, because Torquay turned it on yesterday. Big yeah. time. So It's 10 men for some of it, weren't they? But, um, yeah. Okay, are we happy with Saturday? Because there were, I know we've got some GCQs about it, so we will dip back into it in a minute. We kind of have to talk Tuesday night because, oof, if one biggie was taken care of, there's another one coming. And it's it's coming from the seaside. I'm going to let the local resident take this one because <laughs> I, I, I still feel myself forcing myself to feel anything one way or another against Weymouth. And that's, um, that's, that's kind of the point, Dave, actually here, because I don't necessarily see it as Weymouth are coming. I see it as what an opportunity to go nine. What an opportunity to get one away from 10 in a row. And it almost is irrelevant who's coming, but it is going to be a fairly full away end, you'd think. It is going to have some of the kids maybe having a shandy or two that they shouldn't have on a Tuesday night, on a work night, on a school night. It is going to have that, whether you like it or not. And... Hewish Park under the lights can be a bloody special place. Elliot, are you going? Yes. Tell me about how you're feeling about going, but I want you to tell me without it really being Weymouth. How I don't know if I can, us? to be honest. Well, um, firstly, I'll say going to Hewish Park's fun at the moment, to be honest. At the yeah. And I'm pretty sad that we've only had... I think it's only one Tuesday night game we've had at Hughes Park so far this season. We seem to get different crowds, bigger crowds. Right. Yes. We scored late, didn't we? We scored two late goals to win it. Um, we seem to get bigger crowds on Tuesday nights, and it's 
pretty good buzz about it. So uh, I'm quite happy that this Tuesday, Saturday football is making a bit of a comeback again. And if you look ahead to next month, there's a lot of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturdays coming up. Um, I think it's a real opportunity for us to slap some more points on the board. Really, we've got Tuesday and Saturday to sort of hope if we go 10 and row, that'd be magic, of course. Get some serious points up there before we have another week off of the cup because it's another game in hand where most of the teams around us probably will be playing in the league. Um, not a great deal got through into the cup to the next round. So it's not like it's absolutely packed with conference health teams. So obviously teams are going to be trying to close that gap on us. We can go into the break or the cup break, so to say, with that buffer. That'd be excellent before we go back to talking on that Tuesday night. Full of confidence as well for it on Tuesday. We are already three points clear. And technically, we have a game in hand already on Taunton. And and that sort of that sort of thing that you, you refer to of, if we go six points more, played 14, 32 points, let everyone else have a go. If that's how it ends up and they all win, we're still top. <laughs> yeah. Because that buffer's there and they've all played another game. Um it's it's not gonna be easy. Let's be a little bit fair if we can. They picked up a win, they won at the weekend, Eastbourne, first win in six, seven years. Yeah, first win. Um, oh, right, yeah. Um, no, I'm not being serious. Uh Dover away, ninth of the ninth. So the first win in over a month. You said six, uh, seven years then, didn't you? Yeah, I, was going... I, was round, I was rounding up. Um, <laughs> and weirdly, away from home, they haven't been horrendous. They have been okay on the road. So how do we think it's going to go? Are we going to have to have a scrap? Are we going to have to have a, a battle? Or do you think they're going to come and open up and let us have the freedom of Hewish parking behind to rip them to shreds? Or are they going to come, 10 men behind the ball, go on and break us down? How do we think? Well, I, I, listening to their manager talk um, after their game at the weekend, they were more of the uh, uh, attacking. Again, and, and, and I don't really want to give credit to Weymouth on this podcast, but that's a good result against Eastbourne. Yeah. For, for, for my money, uh, I only watched it on the stream, but the, I thought I still think they're the best footballing, the best team I've seen us play this season, that game that we won at... Um, at our place, but so that is a good that is a good result for them. And like you say, they, I know they've drawn a lot, but they'll be they'll be coming into it feeling like they can give something. I, I think it's down yeah, the, the cliche in it. We've got to concentrate on ourselves. But if we start fast, get an early goal, and everything's jumping up and down in the uh, in the Thatcher's end, I reckon that that's the most important thing to do, isn't it? Is to have another fast start, get another early goal, and get the place alive. Yeah, hit them hard early. Hit them hard. It does two things, doesn't it? Because that 15, <coughs> 10-minute goal, Hewish Park's rocking, but it means they can't sit. They can't put 10 behind the ball. If we're one up inside 15 minutes, they can't hold on and defend for their lives because they then have to have a go, and I think that would be where we are at our most dangerous. Um, L, you've alluded to it. Michael Smith seen with his calf in an ice pack wrapped up at the end of the game. If you look at the official highlights from Worthing, when they're doing all the handshaky bits at the end, you can see his right calf is strapped up with ice and stuff around it. 
Saturday to Tuesday always provides an opportunity for change, but we've won eight in a row. Do you make changes? Do you fresh? Well, or do you give the same 11 the chance and maybe prepare to make subs earlier? If we've got everyone fit, I wouldn't change anything. The only thing is Dawes and Michael Smith both came off yesterday and both looked like they were carrying knocks. I heard Cooper's YTFC um, interview and that wasn't asked at the time. Um, I don't know if it was asked on the radio or not how they were getting on and how they were doing. Um, if it's that on bloverscast.co.uk. Yeah, a little bit behind catching up on oh everything God. else from yesterday today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that's we need that head in the team. So if Michael Smith is fit, that's the kind of player that we need on the pitch. I think he's one of those players who's played in big derbies as well. He'll get it. He'll know it. Hearts Hibs is, is pretty big up there. It's <laughs> almighty. Yeah, he's done a few. Um, he'll know it. He'll know what it means to the fans. And he'll be able to calm those players down on the pitch there as well. I think having that sort of player around you, if he was here at the start of the season, could he have been captain quite possibly, to be fair? I think that level of experience to go into a game like Weymouth... <laughs> Um, will be massively important and having the fans behind you from the start, but also they get restless. Just being able to keep the team composed is what's needed. Hopefully we can stick with the same team, to be honest. I just don't know about Will Dawes because he did look like he limped off as well. Um, Oh, well, he went down and then he did limp off, to be fair. Um, And he's had quite a few minutes lately as well. And um, you don't want to absolutely stretch him to the point where he sort of breaks down and he's out for a month or whatever. If he's out for a week, he's out for a week. I'm sure Who's that's replaceable. Who's the change? JMD? Sonny Cox? Haven't seen him yet. Sonny no, Blue Everton. Who's the change? If 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 Will Dawes on there, I would put um Aguirre Drew in. Um or well, uh, this is where my tactical ignorance is showing. Could you put Jordan Stevens in? Yeah. Or would you have to move it around? No, Jordan could. Stevens for me has been uh, has been coming on what around the hour mark in quite a few games, isn't he? And I mean, <laughs> not a bad player to be able to bring in, is it? So, um, yeah, I I I'd say either Stevens or um or Maguire. I'd go Stevens. I think run at him. He's got that pace. Yeah. He looks like he's got that time in the tank as well, where he's got that bit of match fitness. I think he played. Did he play ninety at Hampton? As well, so he's he might have come off, didn't he? At did he? I can't quite remember, but he was running quite late on in that game, so I think he's got it there. And yeah, I think, um, I think if you don't have doors, that's the player to put in, to be honest. And if you don't have Smith, straight swap for Bell, or do you have to put something a little bit more experienced in there? You'd be hard pressed not to put something more experienced in there, I think. So, what does that look like? That that's diff- that's difficult though because right back and Staunton back in in the centre, it becomes square pegs and round holes, doesn't it? We've got something that's working, and you don't really want to break that up with the two centre backs. Um, another pairing before Weymouth at home isn't what we want. So, I'm not the biggest fan of Zach Bell to be honest. Hopefully, he's learnt a thing or two from Michael Smith over the last few weeks. Um, 
I'm sure that will help his game massively, to be honest. I can see Kate's laughing there. Um, it gonna, will I have... was going to comment earlier on, this is the most balanced I've ever heard um, Elliot B about Michael Smith. It's like, there's no fanboying going on here. You see him on WhatsApp, it's it's ridiculous. I'm Absolutely. just being mature, Dave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm shocked. If his experience has brought Zach Bell along, I think you put Zach Bell in and keep this keep the rest of the defence exactly the same as it is. Can so I just say you're in... right, Jordan Stevens did play 90 minutes at Hampton. Yeah, absolutely right. Don't doubt me. Do you try and get Charlie Cooper back in if he's fit? If you're no. missing if you're missing Smith? Isn't it weird how you forget about these players? Like you say, Charlie Cooper um would be a player that most people um would have played. I mean, I don't know what he's it was mentioned, wasn't it, in the um, before I didn't hear the BBC interview before Saturday, I think Sheridan said that Charlie Cooper was due back this week, something like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up. We haven't, we haven't seen Jamie Sendles White since he played very well and scored against Western Superman. <laughs> yeah. He's got some I get back into this lot as well. Um, okay, I'm not one for predictions, I don't like predictions. Um, especially not direct score predictions, um, which given my job, it's quite strange. Um, do do we get nine in a row, lads? I think the answer is, the answer to can we get nine in a row is yes, because we have that confidence now. Do we? Yes. I'm nervous about it. This I woke up this morning feeling absolutely pumped for it, not having that nervous feeling about it. I think as that time goes on and you think, oh, maybe they're carrying some niggles and could be a bit tired from a from 90 on an Astro yesterday and all of that stuff that sits around it. I don't believe in a great deal of that, to be honest. I think you might get one or two players who can't play on Astro, but also they're professional footballers. Um, but, yeah, I think we do. We've How about everything I... there to get get it, haven't we? How about if I said Reese Murphy's second minute goal, really early, they get one back before half time. We go in, it's a bit nervy, it's a bit ooh, but then Murphy again early on in the second half, and then he wraps it up with a hat trick late on. How would you feel if I offered you that right now? What would your emotions be at ninety minutes? Was that the exact same thing that happened in the game? Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Oh, he's so good. It's the last time we beat them in 90 minutes. That I, can't, I don't remember them scoring an equaliser that night. Uh, Mentor did, apparently. Must be a clever chap. Don't, I don't remember it. Yeah. It's underrated, Murphy, that. Uh, yeah, that one's gone completely over what he said. Um, <laughs> Murphy, two minutes. Murphy, 52. Murphy, 82. The last time we beat them inside 90 minutes. Drew one on the FA Cup. Drew one on the FA Cup, but went through on pens just... Drew one or in the National League and then drew nil nil. God, yeah. Try to get that nil nil at their place yeah. last season. Christ and of course, that. we did have the three nil at their place as well. Neufil, Skendy, and Joseph Quigley to wrap it up at late on. But we went there. We need to do them. We have to. Yeah. Okay. Um, questions. I think we'll probably touch a little bit more on, on a, a few bits that we've had. Dave, have you got questions to hand? Uh, I can do Twitter if you can do Facebook because I don't know. Right, you do. You do. Um, oh, in fact, I have got Facebook here. Yeah, go on. Then, crack there's on. only a couple. There's only a couple. Oh, wait a sec. There's one from Chris Fletcher here, which is referring back to a question from the last podcast that we threw out to listeners regarding missed events. We do that one at the end. Yeah, let's wrap up with that one. Okay. Okay. 
fine. Tim Hubble says, uh, with both two players from Eastbourne, Stefan Vicoji, I think, and um, Alex Finney of Eastbourne, both suffering season-ending ACL injuries on those surfaces we cannot mention. Is it not time player safety was put first and every every club required to revert to a grass pit at this level? The evidence is clear enough. Yeah, I, I, for me, absolutely. Malachi Linton's recovering from something pretty serious now on a plastic pitch as well. Um, they're not fit for purpose at elite athlete level. They're fine for running around with kids on and playing five-a-side where you're not really pushing every sinew of your body for everything that matters. Um, I don't believe that they're good enough. They're just not up to scratch. They're too hard. Rubber crumbs are everywhere. Those rubber crumbs have been linked to some pretty nasty things in the States. Hate them. Hate them with a passion. Always have. Always will. Also, those rubber crumbs taking them out of your shoes as well is horrific. You're pulling them out your backside for a week. Um, <laughs> so I think about the dolphins as well, all that plastic. All that plastic. Um, it is rubber. I, I, I think the reason that player clubs have them is because of money. And yep. at the end of the day, money money talks, doesn't it? Um, and I think that's it. And if the FA aren't willing to sort out crap referees that have no interest in player safety and every interest in how long it takes someone to throw a football onto a pitch, then they're not going to do anything about that either. Okay, right. Is that it for Facebook? That's it, apart from the thing okay. that we'll wrap up with. Okay. Um, let's go to X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, we start with Clyde Best, who says, Evening all. Evening. Evening. Got to say, a good effort by Coatsy on driving to Worthing. Well done on a good effort, sir. Thank you. Thank you. My question is, if the season ended today, who would be your player of the season? I won't tell you who he says, because that might spoil it. Um, well, we all know what Watts is going to say. Watts, who are you going to say? No, it's not enough games to say Michael Smith yet, however much I love him already. I would say based on, on the um, things that I, I would say Jake won on, I think, based on everything, everything I've seen. I don't think he's the most... It uh, depends, doesn't it? Uh, whether you go for most in- improved, he's the one that's definitely surprised me more than more than any other Jake Wannell. No but... one wants to win most improved games. It means you're crap the year before. Yeah. Um... <laughs> well, no, just 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 unknown. I- I'd never heard of Jake Wannell before he came in, and and certainly when we signed him, I didn't think, oh, he is going to be a really important player for us. But what? yeah. Probably have Morgan Williams close or um, Jordan Young. Very nice. Honest. Very nice. I I can't believe no one's mentioned the name Reese Murphy. I just can't. Or I Joe think. Day. Ridiculous. I, th- um, I think you expect it from Murphy though to a degree. He's built him. He's built himself up to a fall. To be honest, he can't win Player of the Season for just being so good already. <laughs> he definitely can't get most improved. Um, <laughs> first slide says one all for me as well. Uh, Jonathan Hooper. Do you think, as part of HP Source, there should be a Reese Rosser cam? If you uh, saw the pictures uh, post-match um, of Mark Cooper getting quite excited, um, giving Reese Rosser a big old hug. Big old yeah. hug. Reese Rosser, who was sporting the shirt, tie, and scarf combo uh, when I saw that, him at half time. Yeah. That, sc- that scarf and tie, that tie looked a little squiffy at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Reese was uh, stood next to me in chest yesterday, and let's just say he very much enjoyed that last minute winner. Love. I think he might have been a little squiffy himself at one point or another. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fair, fair play to him. 
Um, he, he did. He did say he's going to be behaving himself. He's got to be back in the posh seats on Tuesday night. So I did give him a few things to say to anyone that he saw from Weymouth. But yeah, we'll see. Um, he ends. Jonathan Hooper ends with statistically speaking, worthy or right up there as one of the best teams in their league. That was a massive win. Don't disagree with you there at all in the slightest. Uh, almost a pro pilot, Dabuna Sierra. What he said. Are there any Yeovil players that have the letters Y, T, F and C in their full name? Now, I saw this earlier. I caught wind of this, so I had a check. And I genuinely think the answer is no. Plenty have three. Big shout out to Murray Fishlock. Um, but um, I couldn't find anyone with with four. Loads had three. Scott Guyett's got three. Loads of them. Um, but I couldn't find. If anyone can tell me, and this might be another one for the, for the Heritage Society... Have a bit of a scan through a Y, a T, F, and a C. Couldn't find yeah. it. I, I, I absolutely couldn't think of one, but I'm not really. Uh, I was trying to think of it for a good 20 minutes earlier. Couldn't get that there. I meant to say, actually, it was your question, Watsy, from, from Sunday about um, uh, runs. League, league runs. So Nigel Dyson is 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 looking it up, but he sent me through the stats for league wins, consecutive league wins. So the 2012-13 season run of eight league wins is indeed impressive, bearing in mind the level and the opposition. I found nine league wins in 86-87 and a run of 10 league wins in 1960-61. to 61. Um, but he said, I've only gone back to the Second World War. I might get a chance to look further back. So come on, Nigel, pull your finger out. Only the Second World War. But um, he's going to look for all competitions as well. So I will update on that. But that, eight, that eight league wins in a row was a phenomenal run, wasn't it? Yeah. What, are we on five league wins now? Yeah. Three league wins. No, four. Five? Uh, there's only two FA Cup games. Oh, no, three FA Cup games. Three, yeah. yeah. Five. Um, if you could have one former player or manager join the current backroom staff, who would it be? Uh, if it were someone at the peak of their powers, I would say, um, well, I don't know. Could you? Gary Johnson, director of football? Or is that a bit like when Sir Alex moved upstairs at Man United? Mm. I mean. I'm going to throw in a defender. We've got, if you think we've got Todd, is he, it was a centre-back, wasn't it, Chris Todd? Yeah. Centre-back holding midfielder. Yeah. Um, you've got Mark Cooper, who was a midfielder, wasn't he, in yeah. his time? Marcus Stewart, striker. We've obviously got a very good goalkeeping unit at the time. Marcus Stewart's only part-time. I think we would like a striker. Phil Jevons is currently working at Fleetwood. Knew where the back of the net was. I'll go Phil Jevons. You just said you were going to throw in a defender, didn't you? Did I say defender? I meant striker. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I meant striker because we had the top. Todd for defence. Cooper midfield. Adding uh, of all the uh, things Phil Jevons was, defender was not one of them. Correct. Yeah. I'll go for Lee Johnson just to make my wife very happy, I think. Um, and that's, or that's alternatively, Jamie McAllister. Oof. But you've basically got that in Michael Smith anyway. So next. <laughs> Jamie McAllister could probably still be back up left back as well. Um, and finally, this one almost feels like it's absolutely nailed on for you, Watsy. What's the most embarrassing Overtown story? Uh, we, we have we are getting on for nine pm. We haven't got all day. Let's make this a short, sharp one. 
as it involved with Trey Chips and Hartlepool United. Yeah, we've told that one on the pod before. Great. What there was, there was actually the day that I was so desperate for the toilet on at the services one day. It is the first encounter that I ever had with my wife at the same time, <laughs> but I had to sort of like run past her to go to the toilet because it was dripping out the end. It was dripping out the end. <laughs> Wait a sec. I'm going to scratch all these other title options. Yeah, we don't need the titles. Although, how am I going to find a picture for that? Um, <laughs> Just a linking tap. Martin Lee asks, who is the greatest ginger player to ever play for Yeovil Town and who is second behind Matty Worthington in that list? Matt Harold, obviously, isn't it? Sean McDonald. Uh, Sean McDonald's the correct answer. Yes. Classy, classy footballer. He is second behind Matty Worthington. We will not leave you out, Matty Worthington, after our horrible error in the W team. Matt Worthington, you take that top ginger player. Um, Paul Strange says, good evening. Good evening, Paul Strange. Um, after the result yesterday, is it now safe to mention the unmentionable in future conversations regarding underfoot conditions? <laughs> also, I hope Dave had a brilliant day and all the driving was worthwhile. A lot of love for Dave here to this evening. A lot of love for you, Dave. Wow. Dave's only just doing in reverse what we've all done for the last 10 years. As hey, well, listen, can I point years? out? Can I and we're all getting that... our violins out for you. Hey, hang on, hang on, he's, he's, hang on, he's gonna go here. Hang on, I'm gonna take the uh, gonna take the higher path on this one. <laughs> um, football's wonderful, yeah. <laughs> it I is. We can now mention the unmentionables <laughs> and talk about. I think we can, but to be fair, it was Ian who almost single-handedly brought this um brought this rule in, didn't he? Not talking about pla- what underfoot conditions. So I mean, he's, he's the boss. He's isn't he? Ian under the bus. No, no, no. But he's but he did, didn't he? He did. Well, he a dictator. Well, this happened while I was away. Okay. I I I was not around. Otherwise, I would have I would have fought the power on this one, but. Difficult to fight the power when it's your boss. Now. But not when he's not here, Kate. Yeah. Not when he's right. not here. Anyone want a couple from Cleaver? Yeah. Always. Yeah. Uh, Cleaver, do you foresee any cha- uh, changes? We kind of touched on that a little bit, but he ends with, with the Seagull Bollers in town Tuesday night, is an attendance of 4,000 realistic. Be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think we, we've got to be looking north of 4,000 on uh, north of Tuesday night. If you look at the seat map as well, it's quite a lot of tickets sold by the looks of it. Oh. So should be it should be north of four thousand. If we count on the stream, Dave, you can add two to the number. There you go. I'll be there. I'll and be. um thoughts on the new chant being sung by fans on the terrace yesterday to the song to the tune, I presume, of Super Trooper by Elliot Watts. Take it away. I'm not singing. <laughs> I tell you what, how about I do a bit of editorial jiggery pokery in about here. What did you think of that? Stunning. Yeah, Elliot was singing it all uh, all Saturday. Not not that you can really hear because of the uh, the open top. uh, if we talk terrace and my crap hearing, but um... did you um were you outside at the full time where there was like yeah yeah, yeah. what and you still didn't hear it no 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 I did hear it but it was uh, I I was struggling to follow it I, I, my emotions were everywhere and I had I had Clevo jumping up and down all over me as well so uh... so we didn't quite touch on those full time scenes earlier 
that was pretty special outside I, after the game. Wait, oh, we're going to have a question coming. now, aren't we? Question coming. Ben Lloyd, what did you think of Cooper's reaction after the game <laughs> with the fans? I loved it. He's totally different to last season. It's great to see the fans are behind him. Continue with what you were saying, Watsy, please. Yeah, full time was pretty special. Um, it was good to see Morgan Williams push towards the crowd as well to give it the old fist pump. Went full Kyogre, those who know. Um, and Cooper, yeah, he let out a bit of emotion. I think it could be one of the first times we've he cracked, didn't he? Ever seen a bit of emotion from him. I thought we were gonna get fist pumps from Cooper, if I'm honest, and uh that would have been nice to see. There's a there's a lovely there's a lovely moment on HP Source where you can hear Hey Mark Cooper, do you love the town? Yeah. Just done the huggy bit, and he's clearly trying to put his poker face back on. And he turns around and I think, go on, do it, do it. Yeah. And he does like, <laughs> a little thumb up and then he just cowers away. Yeah, yeah he, he, he does the on. thumb up and then he does the little clap, doesn't he? He does a little clap and it's like, no, that's enough, that's yeah. enough. And then after that, about 50 or so, maybe, gathered outside around the coaches going home and was there for about 10 minutes singing and chanting and that. We got back to the car and me, Jess and Craig, just every five or 10 minutes broke into laughter, just like, what just happened there? <laughs> Okay, I I absolutely agree. Um, I I don't like to sort of hark back to last year too much, but I was in a position at the back end of last season where I was in a position where I could have a few off the record conversations. And anyone who's probably had a little running into him in the hallway of a flat or something, um, or on the high street might have known something similar that he does let his guard down occasionally, and he opens up and he relaxes and he and. Yeah, I was really glad that it kind of just just squeaked out, just squeaked out a little bit. I think it's um, I think it's exactly what he's deserved and wanted, and he's bang up for it. Isn't he? I think about when he was on the podcast with Josh Thornton before the get before the season, it, to me, I mean, I obviously he don't, I don't bump into him in my high street or outside my flat, but um, he is. He was a completely different person to the one that I'm used to because I only ever see him on post-match and pre-match um, press conferences and completely different person. Completely. Let it loose, Coops. Let it loose. Let it loose. Fine. We enjoy it. Go on, you're going to uh, say something else. I'm, st- I'm just looking back on it, pretty glad we stuck with him, to be honest, because it has paid off now. Um, and... I didn't think I'd be the one saying this six months ago, but actually... I'm just going to scroll back through my WhatsApp messages. Exactly. Um, you go ahead and scroll back. Is, There's receipts. Look, 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 just search All for over the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I'm not going to read that one. WhatsApp's encrypted anyway, Ben, so you can't share yeah, the information. Um, no, uh, no. <laughs> I'm giving up on this comment now. <laughs> No, but Sorry, I mean, you said to me the other day, everyone's allowed to change their mind, and everyone is allowed yeah. to change their mind. I mean, we've all we've, we've all said, that, and, and and I don't I don't mind admitting that um, at Gateshead when we were four 0 down, I voiced my frustration towards Mark Cooper. I never quite got the as far as uh, chanting for him to go, but I think at that time we collectively probably didn't realise the full extent of everything that was going on behind the scenes. And I think that played a huge part towards 
why things happened that did happen last season. And I've seen a few people saying, oh, yeah, but I don't think he's the man for the long term um, as, a, as a manager. And you know what? Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. But to be honest with you, I don't care. Um, because at the moment, we don't need someone for the long term. What we need to do is we need to get out of this division and... He is the man that can get us out of this division. He's got the team, the squad that can get us out of this division. I'm still not saying it's going to happen, um, but he's definitely got all the attributes and I can't think of anyone I would rather have um, as the manager of my club. You know, seriously, because let's be honest, Lee Johnson isn't going to come um, and take over at Yeovil as much as Jess might like him to. Else, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, so I... I'm very, very happy that we, we did stick by Mark Cooper. Not that I really think it was in any doubt anyway. Maybe if we'd have had a different owner, um, it would have been in doubt. But yeah, when, as soon as Martin Elliott took over, he made what I would absolutely say was an, a, a correct decision to keep him on. And as he said at the time, let the football manager do the football managing. Funny old thing, eh? Hey, hey. Ian, Ian Perkins. Uh, you may have heard of him. Uh, he says, do you think the gaffer might be getting a slap on the wrist from the FA after a comment post-match where he said the referee, quote, had a draw on his coupon? Well, I think I think the gaffer is probably being, being quite diplomatic there. <laughs> he could have said a lot worse, couldn't he? He could have said a lot worse. Yeah, um, unfortunately, in FA rules, that might get a slap on the wrist. Um, and Jake. He does thing. also ask what a coupon is, doesn't he? It's it's a betting reference. Um, please gamble responsibly. Over 18s only. Um, uh, Jake, we'll wrap up with this on uh, Twitter and then go back to your on Facebook one. Um, if a person has £100, another betting one, please gamble responsibly. Over 18s only. If a person has £100 on the oval to win the league at 7-1, to one, what should they spend the money on? Taking that £700 and putting that on the oval to get married next year at 16-1. to one. Cheers. <laughs> There you go. We Mountain. had we had Ben's money saving tip last week, and now we've got Elliot's get rich kick. Quick. Put eight hundred quid on the old to get into League Two. Okay, Dave, Facebook. What are we? Yes. So we did we did indeed throw out the uh, question, which was, have you ever um, missed the game that you regret? Missed, missed in an event that you missed. So this is from Chris Fletcher on Facebook. I went to the playoff semi-final first leg against Forest. You can probably see where I'm going with this. And I had a mate who was studying at Loughborough Uni. We planned a weekend to Loughborough for a few ciders and then the Forest game on the Friday night. But threw the whole plan out the window, the whole planned weekend out the window after the first leg. I said I was skint, which being a student was true. And I'm sure... A lot of it was throwing my toys out of the pram after the frustration of watching that first leg. I watched the second leg on the TV in a pub with a load of my mates, which was still great to watch, but I wonder what it must have been like in the city ground that night. Ooh. It was pretty painful. special. It was pretty special. It was, no, Chris, if you were listening, yeah. you, did, you didn't miss anything, honestly, mate. It yeah. was uh, um, yeah, overrated. I feel like that's the kind of thing that could come up in therapy. Like, yeah, it probably <laughs> needs to come up in therapy. <laughs> I hope what I hope is the underlying condition that brings yeah. to your so this goes all the way back to May 2007. Okay, it's starting to add up now. Um, I was the opposite, I was also skint, and me and my mate who I worked at Ilminster uh, petrol station, it was a BP garage, it's now a Tesco in Ilminster. 
and we were chatting about it and we were both completely skint. And I said, I've only really got enough cash to do one or the other. And we both said, well, should we do forest? Because we've never been to the city ground before. So we did away and not the home. A great That's choice like was made. The, the, the yin to the yang of that story. Um, that wraps us up, I think, guys. How are we all feeling about Tuesday? Are we okay? Are we all right? You okay? Into them. You all right? Into them. Bring it um, on. I'll say this. We're top of the league. And no matter what happens on Tuesday night, we will remain top of the league unless there is a ridiculous turn of goal scoring um, from one of the other sides. So barring a ridiculous set of circumstances, we go into Braintree, into the pink day, get your tickets for the pink day, top of the league, all being well. And that, for me, is quite an exciting day. Um, interestingly, Taunton play Bath on Tuesday night, second versus third. Torquay have got Western Supermare. It is a local Tuesday in the National League Southwest, and it could be an absolute humdinger. Watsy, thank you so, so much for joining us again, mate. You're always welcome back, regardless. Dave, you're not here on Thursday. I am not. I will be in uh, Wee Bonnie, Scotland, if uh, Elliot will forgive me for calling it that. But um, yeah, I'll be as far north watching uh, the Weymouth game as I was far south watching the Worthing game, I think. Lovely stuff. Um, so I will have a couple of new guests on Thursday into Friday when you listen to this. Uh, there is no foot in the opposition camp for Weymouth because why the hell would there be? Um, and we'll try our best to find a Braintree fan for the weekend. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Enjoy your Tuesday night. And we'll catch you again at the back end of the week. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Maddon, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal.